Sometimes what I want to say is dressed up in a certain way. And it could be good or bad. It could be like, I want to just blow up at this person or I want to show up like an Instagram lifestyle influencer. But what you need to say is what that person needs to hear. And you need to say it in a way that is based on who you are. You're listening to the Visionary CEO Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who want to escape the day-to-day grind while scaling their business to seven figures and beyond. And now, your hosts, Brianne Dick and Jill Giovanazzo. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Visionary CEO Podcast. I am Jill Giovanazzo, and with me, as always, is my partner in life and the business, Brianne Dick. Brianne, how are you doing this morning? I was going to say, depending on when folks are listening to it, it may not be morning. So I feel like we should pull out the old, you know, infamous words that we we tend to do portmanteaus in our business, aka we mush words Mm -hmm. together. I think that comes because my family heritage speaks German and the German language is infamous for like squishing words together and just making really long words. So anyways, good morning, depending on when and where folks are listening to this episode. So what happens if it's evening? I actually was talking with one of our team members who lives in Europe about that. And we were like, good evening doesn't quite, good good morning, like it just doesn't work. So we're just gonna go with morning. It's gonna be morning and we can just consider evening to be late afternoon. Okay, that works. Well, how about we actually get to our topic of the day, which is going to be really fascinating for me, especially because of a little bit of my background. So really quickly for you all, just going to dive into this like full throttle really quickly for you all. Something you probably didn't know about me. I love photography. And in fact, I actually managed a photography studio for some time, but way back when, before we even moved into the post-secondary world. What's fascinating for me about photography is how, especially in today in commercial society, we use photography to attract people to purchase things. And the methods in which photographers, vendors put together in which to create attractive photos to draw you in. And it's not just modern. I was listening to a podcast episode from one of our favorite podcasts, The Secret Life of Canada. And they were talking about how some of the very earliest photos were completely staged. They were talking in the context of like indigenous peoples and how we actually don't have photos that necessarily represent what life was like for indigenous peoples pre-colonization because the photos that were taken were largely intended, as you said, to make a point about what these people were and of course it's the colonizers doing it so they're trying to you know make them look like savages or or whatever you want to call it so i think i like all the way back as long as there's been communication in general propaganda and thinking about how you're going to use your message whether it's visual or otherwise to make your point it's a tale as old as time if you will you know go back even further makeup just even dress and clothing. Mm. They're all about how to attract and how to present yourself in a way that is quote unquote attractive. Or just a peacock with the bright feathers, right? There's something in our brains that evolutionarily has us wanting to appear and be attractive. But as you were saying, Jill, there's so many different levels to this. Whereas are you making things up or are you 
and this is the, the buzzword that we hear in the industry right now, is are you being authentic? And is your authentic mm-hmm. self actually what is going to attract people? And when it comes to the conversation we've been having this season on the podcast around culture, that becomes a really interesting thing. It's, are you going to dress your business up to look a certain way? Does that make it inauthentic? Isn't that what marketing is anyway? And I think it's just yeah. like, how do you show up and be in alignment with the values you want to demonstrate while still recognizing that you have to show up in a certain way to attract clients? Yeah, exactly. And how can you do that in a way that isn't just, isn't just authentic, but also is aligned with mm-hmm. your purpose, your vision, your mission, essentially your culture? Yeah. So that it resonates. We talked about this a number of episodes ago about how speaking about and using your culture and your values specifically in your marketing messaging will bring in people who resonate with you and are aligned with that. Yeah. And we've had a really interesting experience with this in our own business and within the VCA team lately because we recently brought on someone to support us with our marketing and Dusty Arab and I have had many conversations about what is the presentation of VCA to the world because for a long time VCA has been my voice and then through the podcast it became Jill's voice and my voice but what does VCA (laughs) show up as in the world and how do we make sure that we are being in alignment with our culture but we're still being able to amplify and promote and market our business in a way that's going to be quote unquote attractive to the right people. And so I thought that before we get to our roundtable guests, I would drop in a bit of a conversation that Dusty and I had about what it actually means to be authentic and how you can use that to get the kind of leads that you want. So when it comes to amplifying our authentic selves, far and away, the best way to do that, as far as I'm concerned, is story. Now, you can tell any kind of story that you want here. However, there is a particular kind of story that does better in the online space. And I'm not talking about performative vulnerability. We have all seen plenty of that over the last couple of years, thanks to Guru spouting off on this. Now, I am talking about really intentionally chosen stories from a variety of places in your journey as an entrepreneur and as a person even. So as you're thinking about what belongs in this story toolbox, really, I want you to explore thinking about going back to your roots. Like you weren't always the, you know, big shot entrepreneur you are now, you know, whatever that looks like for you, but share the struggle, you know, share what that actually looked like. Talk about your day to day, share some of the wins, you know, you know, have you come a really long way? Have you been able to do things you never thought you were going to be able to do? Let people see themselves in your story. That is the first step to creating real connections. And that is the first step to actually beginning a really positive sales conversation. Storytelling is key in this and informing those kinds of connections and creating that opportunity to have resonance and relationships. Yeah. The thing that pops up for me though, is how often are people telling stories that again aren't actually the full truth i don't is it even possible to tell a story that presents the whole truth because it's the joke of there's what person one said there's what person two said and then there's the truth 
right? Mm -hmm. Which is, you could say it's somewhere in the middle or it's both of those or it's neither of those. But I think that when it comes to storytelling, that's something that we have to constantly keep in mind is that we're still choosing what we're going to be sharing. And that is where it becomes so important to be choosing consciously rather than just spouting off stories. This is where the values piece comes into it is what stories are you telling and how does that show your values in action? Because the last thing you want is to put out a message intentionally or otherwise that's based on like the renting a fancy hotel room or taking pictures at a fancy hotel room and pretending that this is your that house. That's where you live. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's one like, of the ones that always gets me or even like take it down to an even simpler level, like watching commercials on TV, seeing a piece of pumpkin pie in the whipping cream on top. Usually that's shaving cream. That's not right. actually whipping cream. Right? right. It doesn't look like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where it's so interesting. We know we want to tell stories. We won't know we want to show ourselves. We know we want people to relate to us because as Dusty said, if we want to be building relationships, story is how humans have evolved to do that. But the execution of that is where so many people fall down. I think part of where that's coming from is this almost ingrained desire that a lot of us have to people please and to create a life and create a person that people look up to and that they want to be Mm -hmm. and to showcase all of those things. And there's this pressure and there's this sense of that we have to be more, we have to do more, we have to show more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that to me ties into what we heard during the round table, Rachel Luna, for example, she was first uh, introduced in episode two of this season and she coaches clients on getting confident and taking consistent action. But for her, what she emphasized is that telling stories means showing up the way she is. It's not about changing herself or her offerings or any of that to make someone else comfortable. That's just not on the table for Rachel. The reality is that I am not thinking, how can I present myself in a way that's attractive to you? I'm not thinking that at all, ever. I'm attractive, period. My life is attractive, period. My offerings are attractive, period. If you like them, great. If you don't, okay, I'm not for you then. But I don't consciously sit around thinking, How can I make this look good for her? Because the minute I'm thinking about how I can make it look good for her, I've I've betrayed myself in terms of what is it that I really want to say today and how can I show up and serve? So I never ask, how can I make this look good for her or how can I be more attractive? The questions that I ask and answer is, what does she need today to feel a little more connected to her truth? What does she need today in order to take that leap of faith? What does she need today that's going to inspire her to go and pursue just that next level of freedom? Everything is centered around what is in me today that will help her own her truth and walk in faith and live in freedom. And hopefully the fact that I desire to serve her is what is attractive 
So my women, I work with men as well, but I speak directly to women. And if the men want to come along for the ride, great. We won't turn you down. We will not turn you down, gents. Come on over. But I speak specifically to women because I feel that traditionally for so long, the conversation has been directed towards men and then women had to try to like find their way in and i love the idea of just disrupting things such that you know we're talking to women and men you can come but you have to figure out where you fit and we're not preparing a special place for you get in where you fit in and and enjoy the ride so that would be the first part now when i think of who i'm meant to serve I am meant to serve women who really have a message, who have a drive and a desire and an ambition, but they've been so beaten down by other people's opinions and programming that they have lost sight of what their truth is. They have lost sight of their own voice and their their special thing. They have really been beaten into fear and they've forgotten that faith is really the path towards freedom. And so my goal is to help every woman live just a little more fully self-expressed every day, just a little more fully self-expressed so that she can live unfiltered, unafraid, and unashamed. Those are you know three words that I'm really passionate about because if you don't look the part, then how dare you? If you are offensive to someone, how dare you? And my thing is, listen, give yourself permission to offend because there's someone out there who is offended by the fact that you have a dream. They're offended that you want to go and be different. They're offended that you want to break the mold. If you're talking about me, if you're judging me, amazing. I've got your eyes, I've got your ears, I've got your attention, and I have an opportunity to be of service to you in some way, shape, or form. You may not like what I serve, but I'm going to serve you. There's so much that I want to unpack just from that Mm -hmm. snippet. What jumped out for me are that just that unshakable belief. I'm attractive. My life is attractive. My offerings are attractive, right? I don't need to dress them up to make them look a certain way. The second thing was this really tapping into what does my client or my prospective client need to hear today? How am I actually Mm -hmm. serving? But it's not how can I make it look a certain way for that person? You know, I was just talking with one of our clients this morning about how there's a difference between what I want to say and what I need to say. And sometimes what I want to say is dressed up in a certain way. We want it to look a certain way. We want it to sound a certain way. And it could be good or bad. It could be like, I want to just blow up at this person or I want to show up like an Instagram lifestyle influencer. But what you need to say is what that person needs to hear And you need to say it in a way that is based on who you are. When you're looking at it that way, showing up as who you are, you're creating space for the people who want that too. But I loved as well how she talked about she's there for the women. And if the men show up and want to come for along along for the ride, great. But her focus is on the women and her she's creating intentional space for those women. And that that there is a level of authenticity that you often don't see because for so many of us, we're driven by this money-based fear of gotta, Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before, gotta get all the sales in, gotta get all the people in. So we feel like we have to create space for all of the things and therefore we have to speak to all of the people, even Mm -hmm. if that's not the case, even if that's not true for us. Whereas with the way Rachel's approaching it, it's much more of a natural piece. And you know what? 
If you can find a spot to fit in, great. But you're not my focus. How often have we heard, don't teach them what they want, teach them what they need? Don't get me wrong. People want what they want. But nine times out of 10, that want is covering a completely different, in the tech world, we call it a root cause. And that root cause is what needs to be addressed because if it's not addressed, then the change can't happen. It can't stick. Yeah. When we start focusing on what people want all the time, we're really putting the power in their hands about determining mm-hmm. what we're going to say and how we're going to say it and you know how we're going to show up and what that's going to look like. And if you want to be coming from a place that's driven by your values and that's based on, I hate the word integrity because I think it's, it's used as such a broad term that it becomes almost meaningless. But mm-hmm. I find that when we're doing that, we're losing out on our own integrity. And, and by that, I mean almost like the technical term of integrity, like the solidity of what we're doing falls apart because we're so focused on showing them what they want in the way they want to see it that we're not actually giving them the truth of what we know. Your audience can tell. People can mm-hmm. tell when it's a shiny veneer. And frankly, there's a lot of people who make a lot of money with a shiny veneer, but yeah. they burn through their customers because those customers get inside and they realize this is a shiny veneer. And those businesses either crash and burn or they get into a constant need to keep upping the ante to be able to just keep getting more people, but they're not actually serving, as Rachel was talking about. What's interesting for me is, right, this naturally leads into a idea of presenting yourself with authenticity and marketing yourself with authenticity but authenticity isn't a new tactic it's a buzzword marketing <laughs> subculture right <laughs> so many people have used the the what would you call it the trappings of authenticity and then they get called out as being fake and that isn't new either yeah because like marketers ruin everything okay oh yeah so <laughs> Right. It's okay. We know we need to be authentic. We started off this episode with Dusty saying we need to tell stories and storytelling turned into this whole thing about needing to tell people things in a certain way. And that turned into sharing the story. And so then we got the counterpoint coming back, which was no, don't make it all fake. You got to be like super authentic. And then marketers started using authenticity. And now we have like fake authenticity or we have like vulnerability porn where it's you're Mm -hmm. oversharing. (laughs) And honestly, when we said we were going to be talking about authenticity in this episode, I was like, do we have to? Like, really? (laughs) Do we have to? But we do because, you know, you want to be authentic, but it has to be based on values, not based on some like arbitrary idea of what does authenticity look like? We had Tyler McCall, who we introduced a couple episodes ago. He's the fellow that helps people start and grow their online businesses. And he spends a lot of time helping folks share their more authentic versions of themselves. And he's successful in part because of how transparent he is about what it is that he knows and what he's learning. I think for me, part of the shift has been approaching what I do really in any of my content on social in my emails, on my podcast, whatever it may be approaching that through a lens of I'm learning more about this topic by doing it (laughs) in real time and sharing the process. Uh, It's this whole idea of you can't learn to swim in a library. 
you can't read a book or pamphlet on swimming and know everything you need to know about swimming. You just have to get in the pool or be thrown in the murky lake. And I think sometimes it feels like we need to be further ahead than we actually are to share about our experience or, or what we're learning on social media. So that's part of it for me. I also think being okay with getting it wrong and uh, this has been a big uh, learning for me as a recovering know-it-all. Be open to, receptive to, being okay with another perspective that can then unlock a deeper understanding of what I'm trying to say or what I'm trying to figure out or, or help me even explain it more effectively. Because if I said it the first time and someone didn't agree or they didn't like it or it didn't make sense to them, then maybe there's there's something that I could improve upon and how I share that again. So I think it's just some of those shifts around what I'm doing on social that have been helpful. The other side of it is taking lots of time off of social, lots of time away from social, only being on the platforms that I really enjoy being on and having those boundaries for for myself. I didn't have that before this year. I have that now and I feel much healthier than ever before because I don't have to be on social. I get to be on social when I want to. I get to share my point of view when I want to share it. And then I can log off and go do whatever I want to do. Okay. So who here is a recovering know-it-all? Raise your hand. <laughs> I was I laughed when I heard Tyler say that. I was like, I don't know if I've quite made the recovery part. I might still be in the pre-recovering part of being well, a know-it-all. He was... Uh, it was so funny because I was listening to him talk about you can't learn to swim in a library and immediately with the, what went to my mind was you and your martial arts books. When I was a kid and I wanted to learn martial arts, but I don't know if I didn't want to ask my parents or I thought it wouldn't be okay. Whatever the reason, I was like, this was my secret is that I wanted to learn martial arts. And so I literally went to the library and I signed out the books on, I don't know, karate or something. And I was like in my bedroom with the door closed, trying to like learn and teach myself karate. And uh, let me tell you, some 20 or 30 years later, when I actually went to a martial arts studio, none of that book learning actually helped me whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, And that's the thing, though, right? So many people will tell you, like, fake it till you make it. Yeah. Or go read a business book to go build a business. Yeah. Just stop right there. Just stop. Because it's not going to help you. And I think what we we know this, right? Because by the time you've made it to a place where you're successful in your business and you're probably speaking out against the people who are doing fake it till you make it or who is they go and take one course and all of a sudden they're an Instagram expert and now they take clients, you know, and teach other people how to do it, right? The coaches teaching coaches how to coach kind of thing, right? Like by the time mm-hmm. you've come through that and to the other side, you can see it for what it is in those situations. But what often is still missing is that you've invested so much time and energy into the identity of your business, right? Showing up in a certain way, getting clients, figuring out what your business is, that your business identity and your identity have almost become fused. Mm -hmm. And this is what Tyler was saying. And and actually many people in the round table talked about this. It's that you have to get real with yourself about who you are, what the work that you're doing is, and and put those boundaries in place, which I think actually the boundaries there are your values, right? 
mm-hmm. put the boundaries in place based on the values and the culture that you want to be creating around you. And you know the way that Tyler said it, I thought was so good. You know, he feels healthier now. He has those boundaries and that work-life balance that he was looking for, but it only came when he started to say, what do I want to have in relation to this business? How do I want to be showing up? And started to disentangle his needs from the business's needs. Disentangle. I'd almost even go so far as to say detoxify in a lot Mm. of ways, right? Tyler made the comment about taking that step away from social media and social media platforms unless they were really something that resonated for him. And this is one thing I hear quite often with all of the the quote unquote fake news and everything out there. When we're being inundated with all of that all the time, we're just taking that in. It it drags you down too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because again, to use my least favorite word ever, it's inauthentic and that's where we see burnout coming. That's where we see people reaching the edge and the end of what they're able to do and deliver. And it's funny because we started off this episode with Dusty sharing, talk about your journey, talk about where you started and what you went through. And (laughs) the irony is that in an attempt to be authentic in the marketer way, we end up creating a whole bunch of fakeness And that fakeness is what burns us out, which I mean, on the flip side of it, if you come through it, it makes for a great story. And so it becomes this cycle, right? Because what you see in the market is people telling their rags to riches stories or like I crashed and burned and now I'm super successful. And that's what I really appreciated about what Tyler was saying. He's now sharing what he's learning in real time. He's getting in there. He's doing the work, but he's not afraid to share what's happening as it's happening. As we kind of wrap up this episode, I want to take us back to the conversation with Dusty and dig in a little more about what this all really can look like when you do it well. Talk about your day-to-day, share some of the wins, you know, you know, have you come a really long way? Have you been able to do things you never thought you were going to be able to do? Let people see themselves in your story. That is the first step to creating real connections. And that is the first step to actually beginning a really positive sales conversation. There isn't a touch of sleaziness in a sales convo when you're actually doing something, sharing something, part of yourself that is going to help somebody. Even beyond being able to sell them into your program, your coaching, whatever that looks like for you. There's so much here around, you know, the way that story connects and what it does to our brains, right? So If we know that we all have stories and this is how we best connect with people, why not spend some more time actively focusing on that? Because I guarantee that it's going to be way more interesting for you to write and for people to read than something that you just like rattled off to just to post on social media. Yeah. And that's it, right? If you're selling to an aligned audience, if you're doing it with true authenticity, right, that you're actually maintaining those boundaries it should often feel effortless to do, right? Or maybe not effortless, but at least uh, (laughs) the writing part might still be hard, but the energy that goes into that idea of how we're showing up, that's what should be easy. You shouldn't have to be spending a lot of time thinking about how am I gonna show up? How am I gonna stage this? How am I gonna phrase this? How am I gonna frame it? Because 
what's interesting is that creates friction for you. You don't want to go live. You don't want to do those things because and, you can't. And that, that right there is exactly what comes through. Yes. When you do those things, right? Yeah. People can hear that it's in the subtle intonations. It's in how you phrase things. Even if you don't consciously recognize it, you still feel it and it still comes out. Yeah, the same friction that you feel in creating that content is the same friction that shows up with your potential clients because, again, you are going to be attracting people based on what you put out there. And if what you put out there isn't aligned with your values, then you're going to be attracting people who aren't aligned with your values. In doing that, you probably would have gone through and audited your customer-facing material, your website, your social media, your printed assets, and they'll start to actually reflect your true and current culture and values. Mm -hmm. And then following that, you'll start to see how new leads and sales are coming from specific messages. And those messages, those inputs will help you understand better what's resonating with your audience. And it just forms this momentum building cycle that can just build and build and build with that, with less friction. We've talked a lot about this audit process in the past. We've talked about the value map and whatnot. And we actually have a version of the value map available. If you want the template for that, you can just drop us a line on Instagram or on Facebook. We're happy to connect you with the podcast episode that talks about that, as well as the download worksheet that you can use to do your value map as well. Because that's where it starts, is looking at what you're doing and saying, is this part of the way that we want to be showing our values in the world. And that actually ties into what we're going to be talking about in the next episode too, (laughs) because all of this conversation about how you do things is also related to what story does your pricing tell? And how are we making sure that we're able to be profitable, but still be being authentic and being able to serve the people that we want to serve. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in the next episode, this whole idea of like pricing and values and how all of that comes together as a piece of the culture puzzle. Indeed. And as we move into that, we're moving into the end, coming into the end of our season, but we still have a few more episodes. So for now, we will say goodbye and have a wonderful rest of your more afternoon. As always, <laughs> thank you again for listening from the unceded territory of the Qualcomm First Nations. I am Jill Giovanazzo. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on next time on the Visionary CEO Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Visionary CEO Podcast, hosted and produced by Brian Dick and Jill Giovanazzo. For more information about anything you've heard on the show, visit us on the web at visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast. You can keep the conversation going on social media too. Just use the hashtag Visionary CEO Podcast. This has been a Podcast Taxi radio production for the Visionary CEO Academy. Hey, it's Brianne here. I just wanted to let you know that everything we're talking about in today's episode is part of what we do with clients at the Visionary CEO Academy. We've got a great program for strategists, coaches, and other online business owners that helps you scale from low or mid six figures to seven figures and beyond quickly, sustainably, and profitably. But most importantly, while keeping your values and your vision front and center. So whenever you're ready, just head on over to visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast for more info and to get started.